You are listening to the American Truth Project Podcast. I'm Barry Nussbaum of the Barry Nussbaum Report. The Iran nuclear deal, what's it about? Why is this so important? What are the questions that everyone wants to know? Because you wanted to know, here are the answers that you've asked for. With a special thanks to Stand With Us for helping us get the word out. We, the German Führer and Chancellor, and the British Prime Minister, have had a further meeting today and are agreed in recognizing that the question of Anglo-German relations is of the first importance for the two countries and for Europe. We regard the agreement signed last night and the Anglo-German naval agreement as symbolic of the desire of our two peoples never to go to war with one another again. In 1938, a jubilant Prime Minister of England returned to Great Britain with the news that he had obtained a piece of paper that guaranteed peace in our time. When he landed in London, he was the most popular man in the British Isles. He had extracted from the head of Germany a concession that there would always be peace in Europe, that war would be averted, that the thousands and thousands that could possibly die in a confrontation over Czechoslovakia would never have to go to fight, because in exchange for an agreement that allowed Chancellor Hitler to keep the part of Czechoslovakia that he had invaded and annexed, there would be no war. Everybody knows what happened next. The greatest war in the history of mankind started a little over a year later. And as history has pointed out, it happened simply because a tyrant who wanted to rule the world was given everything he asked for in exchange for basically giving up nothing. England got nothing in return other than a promise not to go any farther. And Hitler got everything he wanted. As a result, approximately 65 million people died. Western civilization in Europe was almost completely destroyed and the world was changed forever in terms of who died, including, by the way, my own personal family, most of whom are still in Auschwitz in the dirt, having been burned in the ovens. My parents survived and made it to the United States in 1948 and hence I'm here being able to tell you the story. The Iranian nuclear deal has scary similarities to what happened in 1938 with one big profound difference. Hitler wasn't given tens of billions of dollars. Hitler wasn't being allowed to develop certain weapons that could end the world civilization as we know it. He was simply allowed to keep some land. We, America, in, 19, in 2015 are giving away much more than was given away in 1938 by Prime Minister Neville Chamberlain. Point one. Iran's prior weaponization program. Originally, the international community demanded and was promised by our president that Iran would come clean on what they have been doing for the past decades when they've been non-compliant and out of compliance with both the IAEA and dozens of UN sanctions in regards to weaponizing nuclear and conventional weapons 
programs. The violations have been so outlandish that the IAEA, as recently as two weeks ago, was saying Iran has never been in compliance with any existing restrictions on their weapons programs. Those weapons programs, non-compliance inspections, were still, uh, as recent as two weeks ago, being complained about at the UN by the IAEA. Under the proposed JCPOA, the IAEA has not figured out yet how they're going to get Iran compliant with the new program in regards to coming clean on what they've done in the past. There's the worry among many experts that everything that's been done in the past is just going to be forgiven, it's going to be forgotten about, and let bygones be bygones. By the way, if it does end up being bygones be bygones, the world will never end up finding out how far along certain weaponization programs have gotten because they've never, ever been disclosed. Point two, death to America, death to Israel, is the motto of Iran. You might have heard your president say, well, that's just a few people, it's a small minority within Iran. Actually, nothing could be further than the truth. Weekly, as many as half a million people are assembled in Tehran's main square. They are led in the death to America and death to Israel chants by none other than one of or the leader of uh, Iran's mulatocracy. Sometimes half a dozen rulers are up on the stage leading the chants and proclaiming that death to America and death to Israel are not only the current philosophic guiding light within Iran, but will continue to be so forever. And this agreement does nothing to change it. Now, you may have heard the old adage, you don't make peace with your friends, you make peace with your enemies. And I would agree with that. There is one profound difference. At the end of a peace treaty, generally, one side doesn't say to the other side, I'm still planning to kill you, and I'm planning to kill you and your allies with the money you're going to give me so I can build weapons, acquire weapons, uh, hire terrorist proxies around the world, and arm them to come after your citizens and your soldiers. Because that is exactly what we are doing. We're giving one of the most collapsed economies in the world the means and the financing to do everything they've wanted to do and have been unable to do since they took over with the Iranian Revolution when they overthrew the Shah. Three, inspections. Do you remember President Obama in the Rose Garden some weeks ago proclaiming that the cornerstone of his deal with Iran included anytime, anywhere, unannounced inspections all over Iran to make sure that Iran would never again embark on a nuclear weaponization program? And Iran has also agreed to the most robust and intrusive inspections and transparency regime ever negotiated for any nuclear program in history. Of course you remember that. The whole world remembers it. Soon after that announcement, the supreme leader of Iran, Ayatollah Khomeini, announced that not only was that not part of the deal, it would never be part of the deal, and inspections would be done when and where Iran decided they would be. So anytime, anywhere, all over Iran inspections became, you can make an appointment, and 24 days after the appointment is made, we may let you inspect. 
However, if we don't want you to inspect, we will just say no. And then that inspection request will go to a special committee, a special committee that is um, tasked with enforcing the agreement. Oh, by the way, Iran sits on that committee. And if they vote no to the inspection or want to change the inspection, that inspection might not take place for weeks or months. And oh, by the way, by that time, whatever was at the inspection site most certainly won't be. Let me ask you, you this. Uh, it. It's in the possession of the IEA. Are you going to read it? We don't have access to the actual agreement. Or at least but Secretary Rice has access to it, but you don't have access to it. I don't know it. about that. Just the other day, the Associated Press broke the story. They got a hold of the first secret side agreement. And this side agreement is shocking. What it says is that Iran, as promised, would not let IAEA inspectors on the military sites, which, by the way, are the sites that contain all of the advanced centrifuges, the ones they will never give up, and they will conduct inspections on their own basis, on a timetable they determine, and they will report to the IAEA if they find anyone in Iran violating this agreement. Can I predict now that they will never find anything in any inspection they will ever do until the end of time? Thanks for listening to the American Truth Project, a 501c3 nonprofit. Please subscribe to our podcast and follow us on our social media channels to stay plugged in to the truth. Go to americantruthproject.org and subscribe to our newsletter to stay informed on the latest news.